This podcast will be about student chronic absenteeism. When students disappear. Often we think of behavior problems as students acting out in class. Rarely do teachers think about behavior problems as something internal or worse yet, when students disappear altogether. When students are in the classroom, we can certainly try to reach them through many differentiated strategies and through trying to relate to our students, doing everything that we can to build community. When students are chronically absent, this is a different kind of problem or issue. I've been thinking about this problem within the last few days because as a professor at the college level, sometimes students suddenly disappear and you don't hear from them. And part of my gift has always been to look out for all of my students and to outreach consistently until I get an answer from students. Now the answer I get may not always be the answer I want. And sometimes students do not choose to finish their college education. And there are factors that are beyond my control. However, I want to connect this to the K through 12 experience. And I want to talk about chronic absenteeism. And I want to reflect back on some of the days when I was an assistant principal and when I was a teacher and chronic absenteeism caused so many issues in the school and in the classroom. Now we may not think of this as an issue that affects so much the dynamics in the classroom, but it does affect the individuals who are not in school regularly. I'm looking at some of the research this morning and I'm noticing that there are patterns, especially patterns for certain groups and in cert under certain conditions when students become chronically absent. What does that mean anyway? I think of students as chronically absent from school and many of the states define this as 10 or more consecutive days absent from school, but sporadic absences count as well. We're talking about unexcused absences. We're not talking about students who are chronically ill. So what does chronic absenteeism do for the education of a child? Unfortunately, chronic absenteeism contributes to the dropout rate, the, uh, the lack of catching up on skills, not being socially available to other students, and falling behind in every single way. So in the last couple of years, educational reforms have addressed chronic absenteeism. For example, the Every Student Succeeds Act passed in December 2015 gives schools the opportunity to look at attendance as part of the school accountability piece. And part of that would be the call, the strategic call, for teams to look at ways to reduce rates of chronic absenteeism.
So what schools would definitely need to do is look at the subgroups within their school culture of the students who are absent and why students are disappearing from schools. So I think of this as a greater picture in terms of the groups that are absent most often, the subgroups and the conditions under why they are absent and looking at the more endemic problems that lead to chronic absenteeism. For example, students of color are disproportionately absent compared to their white counterparts. Students from Latin cultures are 11% more likely to be absent, and African-American students are 36 more likely to be absent. Students from Native cultures and Pacific Islander students are 65% more likely to be absent. These statistics are from the article Eliminating Chronic Absenteeism, Making ESSA's Equity Promise Real, State Strategies to Close the Opportunity Gap by authors Stephen Casio, Jessica Cardicon and Linda Darling-Hammond. And we want to look at these causes of chronic absenteeism and what leads up to this absenteeism. And I think about all the factors that play into absenteeism, from disengagement in school, to health conditions, to conditions at home, to bullying, to feeling like school is just not for them, to the um, feeling of a lack of community in, in schools. And this connects to the last podcast where I spoke about high school and college non-completion. So some of the, the reasons that students disappear are endemic to conditions outside of the school, but some of the conditions are endemic to conditions inside of the school. So these are the causes. Now, what are the effects? Of course, students, when they miss school, they are less likely to get the literacy education that they need, the math education, the subject knowledge, and students fall out of sync with their peers. Students miss out on opportunities, and there's the possibility that they may have services needed that they're not getting. So what is the role of teachers, and what is the role of the school leadership community? Well, first step in my research is thinking about the awareness uh, and gathering statistics on chronic absenteeism. And some of the reports that I looked at this morning show that districts who have made a concerted effort to make changes and real students back into school have gathered statistics for awareness in in the first place. They want to get accurate statistics and really look at the numbers of students who are chronically absent and students who are absent more than 10 days, that unexcused absent, and students that are indeed truant. So truancy 
could include unexcused absences or being caught on the street. And um, so we want to alert the school community and parents and make sure that there's an awareness. And the leaders must <clears throat> gather information and data to honestly assess how their school is doing and compare like schools in the area, compare year-to-year -year statistics, and to look at the reasons for chronic absenteeism, to look at regional needs as well. So a district may be in an area where students are more transient. That doesn't mean that's a, a reason not to work on that particular problem. It's just looking at the honest assessment of what is going on in the school. So the awareness is the first step. Secondly, schools should have a team effort to look at these statistics often and to look at, to pull statistics in relationship to other statistics in the school. For example, the passing rate of standardized tests, grading, um, how how are how are the grades of those students who are chronically absent? Are the students failing in certain subjects over other subjects? Are the students just failing altogether? Or are the students hanging in there by a thread? Uh, there should be a good hard look at school discipline as well. Is the student just walking with their feet and not coming back because they're disconnected or they have problems at home, or are there other issues, disciplinary issues in the school, trouble with the law, uh, problems at home that are family secrets that can't be shared. So once all this data is gathered and a school has pulled a number of reports and met in teams, it shouldn't be a secret uh, as far as the students' names and the patterns of attendance. I think first it's a good idea to look at the general problems in the school or the school learning community and other localized schools and compare them. But then I think the idea is to hone in on individuals and see what can be done. Why are these students walking with their feet? Why are they not coming to school? Is this something that requires social workers to be involved, counselors, or is this something in the pattern of uh, family movement in the area, or are these conditions that relate to the school culture? We know that these students are at a risk of dropping out course performance, credit accumulation. They may be in trouble with the law. They may be playing hooky. Um, we, we know that students who are chronically absent are less likely to have help in terms of building vocabulary, literacy, getting into college, and, and so on. But we need to look at all of the factors before we come up with a plan. The other part of this is to make sure that parents are involved with the, uh, with understanding and start at an early stage of the student's career. Parents 
need to be involved with the understanding of what chronic truancy is, what chronic absenteeism is, and what constitutes attendance, and why their students should come to school regularly. They also um, should be in touch with the policies and procedures in the school. So for example, if a parent is legitimately keeping their their child out of school, but they're not writing an absence note or they're not bringing in proof of absence, that could count against the statistics, not only for the school, but it could count against the student. And the student, even though the student may be in their late teens or the student themselves cannot always provide the data for themselves as they're still a minor. So the parent has to help in terms of following the policies and procedures. And the parents have to understand that the value of the school community is that the student attend the maximum days possible. So for example, if a parent decides, well, I'm going to take a school vac, I'm not going to wait for a vacation for a school vacation. I'm going to take my child on a vacation and they leave for five days. They have to understand that the school may not see that as a valid excuse. And I'm not being flipped when I say this because this happens in various school systems that the school sees that as an unexcused absence absence. And although this is not the fault of the child, it does set a precedence for the child, for the school, for the other students who see the child absent, for the administrators. It's it's the parent's responsibility to see what the school policies are and to work around them. It's one thing if there's a family emergency. It's another thing to set a precedent where the value is not to keep the school the student in school for the maximum number of days. So the parents have to understand the reasons, the purpose, and the value for the students to be in school. This is kind of like obvious, but sometimes it's not communicated in a way that is positive. It's communicated in a way that is combative, or it's not, it's it's trying to make a judgment on the family on the family's values or the family's norms. And I think if it's communicated in a positive way, in a way that's clear and transparent, the, stu- the parents, the students, and everyone else will understand the reasons that the student should be in school the maximum number of days. Because chronic absences don't start with one or two absences here or there. They start with a mentality. And the mentality is that there's a disconnection from school. And even if it's for a reason such as a family event or a vacation, it's still the mentality that the values of the school are not considered over the values of the home. And one is not right and one is not wrong, but The school has a legal responsibility to report all absences and the reasons for them. And not only your state money is tied up with it, but there are legal responsibilities of the schools. So the parents have to understand why that is the case. 
So that's one thing to keep in mind. There's the awareness, there's the parent piece, and the parent piece should be extremely transparent that the school will communicate their procedures, policies, and expectations and do it in a positive way. Now, going back to a task force within the school, it used to be that there was a attendance teacher or perhaps there was one person, maybe a school aide, maybe a guidance counselor in charge of attendance. These days, that is not nearly enough. There needs to be a task force to look at reasons why students are disappearing from school and not only look at the reasons and the data and look at data across different domains, but to look at those individuals who are chronically absent and to formulate a plan for those students. So some of the plans that I used to be involved with as, as a school administrator are buddy uh, teachers, teachers who adopt students, so to speak, Interventions such as mentorships, that students could be mentored. Constant communication with the families. Uh, school, actual home visits by the attendance teacher or the administrators to assure that the students who are chronically absent are being captured in terms of outreach, um, looking and making sure that the students who are chronically absent have not moved because sometimes that turns out to be true where the family just hasn't filed the paperwork or the paperwork has gotten lost in in translation um, looking at the underlying conditions and reasons for students who are chronically absent and this is the most important category that i'll talk about because sometimes families do have their secrets and students do have their secrets and they, they really do not want to reveal what's going on at home. They don't want to reveal the family dynamics, the conditions, maybe they're working, maybe they're babysitting for a, a younger sibling, maybe there's not enough food to eat in, in the home for them to feel satisfied to go to school or maybe they're just engaged with, with the learning or the school community. So all of these are underlying reasons. Another underlying reason could be health, physical or mental health conditions that are not noticeable by a teacher. I think that the teachers have to be the first line of defense. The teachers obviously take attendance and they report it accurately. That's part of their job. But teachers also have to learn to see certain patterns with students. And the patterns can start in the very, very early years. And that's one of the things that I know teachers are always noticing who's here and who's not here. But some of the reasons why the students are absent, some of it could be questioned and understand why the students are absent more than a few days and what is happening and communicate with the school administrators about why this is happening. And I think most teachers do this, but I think teachers also notice certain patterns that are not noticeable to 
others in the school community who do not work as closely with the students. So all of this is very important in fighting chronic truancy. So I've looked at some statistics across New York State. So the good thing that came out of the ESSA Act in terms of chronic absenteeism and diminishing it is that there is more of an awareness of what chronic absenteeism does to affect the education of children. There's been studies that show that students who are absent in kindergarten are at risk for not learning to read as well, not learning language skills as well. And in the later grades, they miss out on the subject matter. This is fairly obvious. But what isn't obvious to most educators is that how widespread this problem is. 6.5 million students across the United States are considered chronically absent. And that includes truancy as well. So chronic absences to conclude are in some states considered more than 10 days while in others it's considered more than 15 days. And in some school sites that I've looked at for this research, unexcused absences are considered part of chronic absenteeism. I'm thinking more in terms of what we call long-term absences or truancy as more of an issue. When students are legitimately ill and they come in with an excuse note, that's part of being a child and getting childhood illnesses. And if it's chronic, you know, parents really need to take their children for more regular health checkups and make sure that they don't get ill. But there's some childhood illnesses that can't be avoided. We're talking about chronic absenteeism is when children stay home because they are either depressed or they're not supervised properly and parents do not have the value system uh, that jives with the school value system. Chronic absenteeism could be due to truancy, could be due to other mental health issues, substance abuse, and so on. So we need to take this very, very seriously in terms of a national effort to diminish chronic absenteeism. And I've looked at websites from upstate New York and across the country that have truancy and attendance task forces in place to decrease chronic absenteeism. And I just want to end by sharing some personal experiences, which is that when I was a teacher, a leader in New York City schools, we always looked at the attendance statistics at the end of the month, and we looked at the long-term absence statistics. And keeping that in mind, that is somebody's child who is not in school. And my question to myself and others is, what, what is that child doing when they are not in school? What are, what are they at risk at when they are not at school, at the high school level, 
We know they could be at risk for sexual predators, uh, drug abuse, depression, sitting in front of the TV all day, not doing anything. Where are those children when they are not at school? At the early grades, are they being kept home purposely? What, what is the reason that the student is not in school? And again, that's somebody's child who is not receiving an equitable education, an equitable, fair education. So we have to do all we can to become aware of chronic absenteeism, to look those statistics over, to compare them with other statistics in the school, and to see this problem as a continuance of non-completion of high school and college, and do what we can to encourage students to come to school, if need be, give them incentives and their parents' incentives, provide students who don't have the money for transportation, the extra money so that they can get to school if they're on public transportation or if they live too far to come up with solutions that get them into school. If that were my child, I would want the child in school. Thank you so much for listening.